0: Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio.
1: If you're Sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then. For- I will worship your holy name Worship your holy name
2: And now as we continue with a one-year audio Bible, it's time for a reading of the New Testament. And it comes from the book of Luke, chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. Here's a brief overview of some of what we'll be reading about today. Tiberius, the Roman emperor, ruled from A.D. 14 to 37. Pilate was the Roman governor responsible for the province of Judea. Herod Antipas and Philip were half-brothers and sons of the cruel Herod the Great, We've been dead more than 20 years. Antipas, Philip, Pilate, and Lysanias apparently had equal powers in governing their separate territories. All were subject to Rome and responsible for keeping peace in their respective lands. A Jewish law provided for only one high priest. He was appointed from Aaron's line and held his position for life. By this time, however, the religious system had been corrupted. And the Roman government was appointing its own religious leaders to maintain greater control over the Jews. Apparently the Roman authorities had deposed the Jewish-appointed Annas and had replaced him with Anna's son-in-law, Caiaphas. Nevertheless, Annas retained his title, and probably also much of the power it carried. Because the Jews believed the high priest's position to be for life, they would have continued to call Annas their high priest. Now Pilate, Herod, and Caiaphas were the most powerful leaders in Palestine, but they were upstaged by a wilderness prophet from rural Judea. God chose to speak through the loner, John the Baptist, who had gone down in history as greater than any of the rulers of his day. How often people judge others by the superficial standards of power, wealth, beauty, and miss the truly great people through whom God works. The point is, greatness is measured not by what you have, but by your faith in God. Like John, give yourself entirely to God so God's power can work through you. To turn to God to receive forgiveness from sins implies turning away from sins. We're not getting cleansed so we can go back and get dirty again. We can't just say we believe and then live any way we choose. Neither can we simply live a morally correct life without a personal relationship with God because that cannot bring forgiveness from sin. So determine to rid your life of any sins God points out and then determine to live in a way that pleases Him. In John's day, before a king would take a trip, messengers would tell those he was planning to visit to prepare the roads for him. In the same way, John told his listeners to make their lives ready so the Lord could come to them. Now this does not mean that you must get rid of all your sin or wrongdoing before you can accept Christ. Rather, when you accept Him, He takes care of all your sinfulness. To prepare the way means clearing aside the baggage of the past and the doubts of the present in order to let the King come into your life. And believe me, He will take it from there. And now with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. March 18th. The New Testament, Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. It was now the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius, the Roman emperor. Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea, Herod Antipas was ruler over Galilee, his brother Philip was ruler over Iteria and Trachonitis, Lysanias was ruler over Abilene, Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. At this time, a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. Then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for Him. The valleys will be filled and the mountains and hills made level, the curves will be straightened, and the rough places made smooth, and then all people will see the salvation sent from God. When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, "'You brood of snakes! Who warned you to flee God's wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, "'We're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham.'" That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. The crowds asked, What should we do? John replied, If you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, Teacher, what should we do? He replied, Collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do, asked some soldiers. John replied, Don't extort money or make false accusations, and be content with your pay. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater, that I am not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. John used many such warnings as he announced the good news to the people. John also publicly criticized Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, for marrying Herodias, his brother's wife, and for many other wrongs he had done. So Herod put John in prison, adding this sin to his many others. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, And the Holy Spirit, in bodily form, descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me great joy. Psalm 61, verses 1 through 8. Just before we read the psalm today, let's take a look at what's going on here. David must have been far from home when he wrote this psalm. Fortunately, God is not limited to any geographic location. Even when we're among strange people and surroundings, God never abandons us. His all surpassing strength is always with us. Well, David made a vow to praise God each day. David continually praised God through both the good and difficult times of his life. Do you find something to praise God for each day? Well, as you do, you'll find your heart elevated from daily distractions to lasting confidence. Psalm 61. Verses one through eight, for the choir director, a psalm of David, to be accompanied by stringed instruments. O oh God, listen to my cry, hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety, for you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary. SAFE BENEATH THE SHELTER OF YOUR WINGS. INTERLUDE. FOR YOU HAVE HEARD MY VOWS, O GOD. YOU HAVE GIVEN ME AN INHERITANCE RESERVED FOR THOSE WHO FEAR YOUR NAME, AND MANY YEARS TO THE LIFE OF THE KING. MAY HIS YEARS SPAN THE GENERATIONS. MAY HE REIGN UNDER GOD'S PROTECTION FOREVER. MAY YOUR UNFAILING LOVE AND FAITHFULNESS WATCH OVER HIM. THEN I WILL SING PRAISES TO YOUR NAME FOREVER, AS I FULFILL MY VOWS EACH DAY. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. A gracious woman gains respect, but ruthless men gain only wealth. Your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you.
0: My name's Chad Crispin. I come from Middletown, Ohio. I come from a pretty broken home. It was a pretty rough life growing up and I've been around a lot of drugs in my life and thought that was the only way that I could function was be on some kind of drug to get through the day. And uh, I finally learned that that ain't the way to live and it was getting me nowhere because I was homeless and was miserable just miserable didn't want to live or nothing and I finally decided that I can't do this anymore Lord take take the will from me and I uh found out about about the refuge and thought I'd give that a try and I'm glad that I did because I uh found a new way of living the Lord has uh given me wings basically and showed me how to live and showed me I had a purpose and I was meant to, meant I was alive to be here for something and and the refuge is the place that is going to change my life and make me a good man and uh, a good person for the community and just, that's just the way that it's got to be that the Lord's going to show me the way. And, and, I just want to say that you got to have somebody with you to help you. You can't do it on your own. I hope everybody comes to the Lord and has them in their heart. I just want to say thank you. Hello, all you Refuge listeners. This is Nathan Brokaw. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to... Two of the guys down there in Vinton County that uh, I didn't really speak up to them and tell them how great they really are. I just want to say, Alex and Tyler, you guys are doing a great job down there. You guys definitely speak what's on your mind. Uh, I know that can be very difficult at times because you will get uh, some mocking every once in a while. But I just want to tell you guys, keep it up. Uh, Keep those guys accountable. And it will certainly help the group grow into a body of Christ. I just thank you guys and keep it up. All right, bye.
3: This is Today, a daily devotional to refresh, refocus, renew. Spur on. From Hebrews 10. Let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Some years ago, during an unhappy conflict at work, a wise co-worker told me that having things go my way was not the point. Working together to do good things for others was more important. Doing it my way might be better, but not at the cost of accomplishing nothing. Those were hard but encouraging words to hear. God has great plans for our lives that are beyond our imagining. How surprised can we be to discover gifts we have within us? God seems to use us best in areas where we might not think we have any strengths. That irony helps us see that the work God does through us is His, not ours. Those can also be areas in which doors close and windows open, and we step out onto a new path to serve Him. Christ is already the victor over all that is wrong with this world. He invites us to follow Him, and to challenge each other to leave comfortable habits for new forms of ministry. As parents... We might use the image of holding out our children's crowns and challenging our children to grow into them. As a church, we can help others see gifts and talents of which they may not be aware of. Tell someone how excited you are to see how God is planning to use their gifts and their talents in His kingdom. Point out how God is equipping them for service. Encourage those around you in their spiritual growth.
2: This is Today. Get our free daily devotional on the go. Download our app to your mobile device or get it delivered to your email inbox each morning. Sign up at thisistoday.com.
4: The snares that fire in me, if you believe it, say you. There just ain't one. There just ain't one. There just ain't one. There just ain't one. one. What the note, Although they've said a snare to trap you, I want you to know it.
0: concludes today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.